Says Who is brought to you by you. Yes, you. You, the you that's you. The you that you're looking at, the you I, you think I'm talking about is you. Yes, you, you are the one. Without you, we are nothing. We are not, we are dust. We are dirt. We are lower than garbage. And we thank you. And you can support us too by going to patreon.com slash says who. And for as little as one American dollar, you can join the beautiful town of Says Whovia where you'll meet lovely people and learn the neighborhood. Just hang out, have a good time. For $5, you're going to get bonus content. We make all kinds of bonus episodes that way all throughout the week, or you never know when it's going to happen. We'll just give you extra podcast stuff. There's all kinds of things you can get. That's patreon.com slash Azoo. Okay, how was that, Dan? That was impressive. Yeah, it was. I'm impressed. You should be. Hey, y'all. Do you love Nashville, Tennessee? Yes. That's why I said y'all. Do you love podcasts? Yes. Do you love the months of May and June? Yes. Well, then, you should come to Pod X, which is in Nashville, Tennessee, May 31st through June 2nd. We, Says Who Podcast, will be there performing live along with a whole bunch of your other podcast friends. So go to podx.com slash says who to get your tickets. That URL will also give you 10% off. Says who is also brought to you by you reading my books. I'm Maureen Johnson. I wrote a whole bunch of books. Why not start with Truly Devious, the first of a mystery series? Please read it. Thank you. Hey, Maureen, are you I'm ready? I'm fine. Whoa. I'm you... fine, Dan. And you know what? Hmm? No one, no one has been as attacked as me. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, I... oh, oh, so you're on this bullshit now? Oh, you want to come at me? I just. Oh, I was just... liar. I, I was just Stupid face. If you... Stupid dig dumb. I just wanted to know if you Stupid were Stupid lying beard face. Uh... I'm fine, by the way. I'm fine. Uh, okay. Wait, did you get cut off? Ein. And oh, also, no. there's... What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck was that? Mm-hmm. I was doing that thing where he paused. Oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. shit, we just hit technical difficulties. Nope. Nope, wow. the technical difficulties are all personality based. <laughs> Welcome to the shit show, Dan. Welcome to Says Who. Welcome to Says Who, the pop cast that isn't a podcast it's funny every time <laughs> it's a coping strategy i'm dan sinker and i'm maureen johnson oh you see i was we'll we'll get into what that was in a minute but um dan i'm talking to, i'm talking to you remember how we were like next week you'll be at home and then you'll finally be at home and this bullshit yeah, you of you don't, be i'm not at home you don't sound closety right now no i'm not in a closet i'm in the back room of my parents house outside of philadelphia Oh, because my dad, he's OK, but my dad is in the hospital because he's having some uh, some stuff done with his heart and 
he's he's okay. Like in fact, he'll be better. He'll be much better after this is done. So will, will he be a cyborg? He won't be a cyborg, but he'll have more blood flow in his body, which I think can only is generally considered that to be seems, a good thing. Seems like a good thing. Yes, he had a cardiac cath, and they're like, "Uh oh, better open up some of these vessels." So they're going to open up some Jesus. vessels. Well. My dad has a lot of stuff wrong with him, Dan. But he's in the hospital. I went, so I was. We were up there this morning, and Dan, I didn't know that. So he hasn't his own room, which seems fancy. But apparently, they're all single rooms in this hospital. Yeah, and he and he has a menu. Like it's like a looks like a, a full diner menu, and it has like a surprising number of of options. And then when you want food, you just pick up this the phone and you dial the room service number and they answer it, room service, and wow. you just order the whatever food that you want from the menu and they're like, okay, and they just bring it to you. Are you sure that you haven't confused a hospital and a hotel? They start with the same letter. Dan, I checked. It, it is totally a hospital. Dan, when I was in the hospital in New York City, it turns out that a lot of our hospitals in New York are super, super gross. And when I was in the hospital a couple years ago, I first of all, I had a shared room. And my roommate for, fortunately left because my roommate had a terrible farting problem. But oh, no. Also, when they wheeled me, and I was out of it. Like, I was really sick when they checked me in. So you're like, I don't know what, what's going on. And they, my side of the room, which was the window side, my bed was surrounded by seven chairs. Whoa. And I could, they, they had to like, you know, they had to push my bed in there. And then they, for some reason, all the chairs in the room and possibly from other rooms were in, just in my side. They pushed my table with the phone on it and hidden it behind a curtain so I was kind of like trapped in this little configuration of chairs and nobody ever told me how to like, cause you know, I was attached to an IV and I didn't know how to go to the bathroom cause I was literally tethered to the wall because of the <laughs> IV stand, oh, no. which was connected to my arm. So, and nobody ever came to teach me. So I eventually figured out a way that if I pulled this pole halfway across the room and extended my arm far enough I could make it to the bathroom, but just by like an inch. It was intense. And also they were like, oh, you're vegetarian. And so one night for dinner, they brought me spaghetti with this like very weird sauce that was basically ketchup. And my side dish was grape jelly. Like not, a, not, not bread or any, just grape jelly. <laughs> I like that if you go to the hospital in New York City, you are you actually like travel through a portal into 1982. Kind of. They were also renovating it, and they had this kind of scary part of the hall that was covered in plastic sheeting, oh, and it just had broken beds on it that just one just had a piece of paper on it that said, oh. "No." <laughs> Uh, my friend, I went to the hospital in Murder Town. My friend Robin came to see me and she's like, where are you? I feel like I'm in a Stephen King novel. What is going on? And then, because it, it was around Christmas time, I heard down the hall there was someone with an acoustic guitar and a tambourine. And I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. And I was sick. But Dan, by that point, I'd figured out I could unplug the IV thing. And I unplugged that thing. And I just started... I booked it. 
I was like, I am not going to be in this room when that when that acoustic guitar and that tambourine get down here. And they caught me at the elevator because I was on my way. I was literally, Dan, there is no occasion an acoustic guitar can't ruin. And I was not going to be trapped in my room with a bunch of like not even real hippies trying to play an acoustic guitar and a tambourine at me. And I was going to escape from this weird Stephen King hospital I was in. And the only person who ever came to talk to me was the creepy night nurse Russian dude guy who would come in at two in the morning to explain the intricacies of the engineering behind my IV machine. Anyway, he's doing, he's fine. I'm down to Philly. And um, honestly, I I could imagine I'm on a deadline, Dan. I'm not going to lie to you. A book's got to get written, and I'm in that phase where everything is a little like, uh oh. Yeah, you have had a run. Your 2019 has been a run. I will say that my 2019 is actually going better than I expected it to. That seems difficult to wrap my head around. I I'm not, I'm doing pretty well. I mean, uh, things are I think things are going pretty good. Honestly. Okay. I'm I'm pretty optimistic. You know, I was in California last week, Dan, and oh, I mean, no. twice this year I have really been reborn by nature. Oh boy. Costa Rica and California. They really brought me back. Oh boy. Holy shit, D- Dan. Okay, news flash. I am looking out the window. My parents live on a creek and a giant fish. I mean, a giant goldfish just jumped a full three feet out of the water like a goddamn shark like or a killer whale. And okay, I've seen a lot of nature. Anyway, that's the report from here. So cause, because one of the things we're going to be talking about this week is like, the Mueller report, of which I I feel like I'm giving my homework excuses because I'm only on page 45. It's long. It's a it's long, long report, and it's the I'm looking at a kind of not a like a a re, yeah, they probably have a better one by now. I'm looking at the one they printed that day, and it's sort of like a P, a bad PDF, and it's very oh, hard yeah. to read. Yeah, I they the, made. I a, need the better one. They made one. a real bad copy. Uh, the New York Times has a a version that they OCR'd. Uh, and then did like full hand proofing of the entire OCR. So it is a, it is as good as it gets uh, a copy. But yeah, Maureen, so we are in a funny place in the world right now. Uh-huh. We are, we are post Muller, but pre whatever the fuck comes next. That's like right. It, it feels like we are in a bizarre sort of holding pattern where it's like the Mueller report is as we discussed on our on our special that we just put out a few days ago like we just did this and now we're back um it is super damning like it is 200 pages of meticulously reported evidence of how Russia fucked the election and how the campaign was like, that's cool. Keep doing that. I guess if you want to just don't tell us. Um, and then 200 pages of Trump shitting his pants. And that's the part I really, I feel like I have to pay my dues in part one to get to part two. Part two is a real, it's a real beach read. Um, 
this is this period of like the evidence is there. Anyone who was like, we got to wait for the evidence is fucking there. Right. And you have Trump world just literally screaming, no collusion, no obstruction, total exoneration. And now apparently lining up for revenge. That seems to be the newest his newest series of brain farts is that he wants revenge. We seem to have entered a kind of terrible Batman movie version of events where it's if there's a scheming villain who's going I will take you all for what you have done to me. I will take Gotham. And and it's um he did, I think one morning he tweeted 30 times. Yeah. From Mar-a-Lago. I'm, like like, you know, hold up in Florida just fucking hate tweeting. And he seems to be of several minds even as he is tweeting because he's like, it's all, it's great. I was proven that it was proven that there was no collusion. It's also stupid and lying and crazy. And he's got everything. It's like, what if I hit every button? What if I mashed my palm into every single button? And the other day, Dan, he started tweeting this rant and it was like a multi-step rant and he Paw, like he stopped mid word with like a dot 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 <laughs> and it just cut off and I became fixated on this I just was like what's gonna happen when's he gonna come back and I checked on it every hour nine hours later nine hours later he came back dot 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 next word of the sentence yeah he just picked it up right where he left off that's some psychopath stuff, Dan. That I like is- to think that it was just a total pass out, just sitting there at the at his screen, just slumped over, and then he was just like, huh, huh, and just finished the thought. But nine I, hours went down in between. I I actually I absolutely have a different fantasy: is that someone runs in, possibly Jared Kushner. Possibly Tiffany, I don't know, or just like the Secret Service person who was like, you have to go in there and get that phone. And so someone had to go in and tackle him and get the phone. And then he chased them through the White House to the, the to the Benny Hill yakety sacks for nine hours. <laughs> and like all kinds of wacky things happened in the meantime and like they run through the kitchen and everyone's like whoa and that goes on for nine hours and then he gets his phone back and just keeps tweeting where he left off that's sort of how i imagine that went down i just i don't i don't i don't hold the fantasy that anyone is trying to stop him anymore i don't Who i think he was so nine hours nine hours dan it just goes right back to the thought I just rage is driving him like he probably was on like a 24 hour rage bender and then just in a easy chair in a corner in Mar-a-Lago was going and then just shut down and then nine hours later right back in. I definitely have a busier life than the president. Oh, my three-year-old has a busier life than the president. I mean, we're no longer in any, these are no no longer facetious things or anything like that. These are quite literally like, this man has way too much time on his hands. Yeah. And it 
when I'm when when I say something like this guy tweets too much, that is really saying something because <laughs> I tweet a shit ton. And I, when I, when I heard myself think that thought, I was like, oh boy, we are in some new weird dark territory now. I mean, we are just definitely in new territory, dark light, whatever it is. You know, like we like the wait for the Mueller report. W- was a very long time and now we are after but we are not we're in the like we're in the purgatory of what happens next it does seem to come down to a binary which is the report is really kind of unambiguous the report details obstruction of justice which appears to be ongoing as like as of today he ordered someone to defy a subpoena now, I, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know if that's legal, but it doesn't seem legal. <laughs> doesn't I don't, seem great. I don't know if you can do that. I don't know if that's a thing that's allowed to happen. We'd need to ask someone who knows about subpoenas whether or not you could tell someone to defy a subpoena, but I don't think you can. He's trying to block getting his taxes. I mean, there's, yeah. it, there's all kinds of stuff happening, and so it does seem like a binary choice now, which is sort of new, which is, are you going to pursue impeachment or are you not going to pursue impeachment? Yeah. And the the don't pers- pursue impeachment argument is if we do this, it will take all of our time and attention and it'll die in the Senate anyway when we should be spending all of our time pushing through all of these other things that we need to do and concentrating on 2020. But the counter argument is so we do nothing Right. We just let it we let it all happen. You say, oh, it's it's clear that we have something criminal and crazy and that the the presidency is corrupt and has been aided by a foreign government. And we still don't even know the extent of it. And the extent we do know is real bad. Yeah, it's really bad. And bad shit continues on the regular. And you just say, well, it would be difficult to do this. So we're just not going it's just too difficult to act upon. Right. Like that feels like giving them all the reason to just keep going at it. Like already they have gotten away, you know, his whole life has been about getting away with criming. Right. And now here is finally, finally that has caught up. Not even as fully or completely as as it could have been, but enough. And now it's like, this might be kind of tricky. Yeah, is your is the operating theory that justice is too hard? I don't know where we go from here. Not we, the podcast. We're gonna keep doing it. I do, I mean, just generally, like we are in such a weird limbo state. Like we are in that old west movie right now where everyone is standing outside the saloon with their hands hovering over the guns and seeing who is going to make the first move except it's so much stupider than that yeah like and it feels like maybe because this is like this is the fucking terrible thing that we've learned which is like the chance that nothing will happen is very high Always, because like over and over again, we just see that nothing like there is no consequence for these actions. But it also feels like maybe everything could happen. 
it it it's it's like you say it's like high noon but stupid it's stupid noon and it is stupid noon you know who's going to get to their gun first personally i i am appalled at the thought that they wouldn't go after impeachment because if we don't stand for this then what do we stand for i mean we have certainly discussed impeachment on this very podcast before and i have been on the side of like i just don't think that they can pull it off i don't think that you know it's it'll go nowhere in the senate but the the report makes it different all yeah. the other talk of impeachment before was like we just know he's doing bad shit we should impeach him now it's like we have fucking two years of evidence of this like that it is all there it is all there for the taken if you want it but maureen maureen let's what? get real Damn. here for the first time in a long time yeah there is a path forward on potentially this presidency ending okay and maureen what yeah. happens if this presidency ends. When it ends, we go to Disney. When it ends, we go to Walt Disney World. To the Magic Kingdom. To the Magic Kingdom. And Maureen, I think that we all, all of us, have earned a little moment of dreaming. Right. In this weird nether region time that we're in right now between the things that happened and the things that will happen, let's just grab a little dream for ourselves. And Maureen, let's talk Disney. <gasps> yeah. Not just let's talk Disney, Maureen. I want to talk Disney with a goddamn for real Disney princess. <gasps> princess. And so I have invited Akila Hughes, what? writer, what? comedian, YouTuber, what? frequent what? guest on Love It or Leave It, and one time Disney princess. You did not tell me this. To be you... on our episode. You know how I feel about Akila. You love Akila. I love And I love Disney princesses. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get to it. Akila. Hey. You were a Disney princess. Help us. <laughs> well, I'm excited to help. Uh, yeah, how can I help? Oh, I have so many questions. I have so many questions. Oh, my God. This is so exciting. This is so exciting. <laughs> I'm really pumped to answer them. I feel like it doesn't come up often enough in conversation for me to ever get to do this. So this is great. Okay. I really want to know about being a Disney princess. I want all of it. I want all the hot goss. All right. Which princess? Okay. <laughs> come on now. Guess. Oh, wait. I... The only black one. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I. It's okay. She's new. She's new. She's like from 2010, I think. It's a uh, Princess Tiana from The Princess and the Frog. That's a, there's a movie called The Princess and the Frog. I, I don't See, even know that many. This is a funny thing about Maureen Johnson. She does not know a lot about Disney movies. <laughs> I, I guess I'm going to have to take this in horror many times. <laughs> Well, okay, I'll give you the synopsis. That'll bring us to, okay, so um, Princess and the Frog is a Disney movie about Tiana 
Tia for short, who is like a black girl in, I guess, the 20s <laughs> in New Orleans. And her uh, dad dies, of course. Her, I don't even think she has like any parents. But anyway, um, right. She wants to open her own restaurant, her own beignet restaurant. And everybody's racist. And they're like, we're not going to let you buy a place. He's like, I'm saving money. And then this prince comes to town from this other place. And he's like, I just want to have fun. And then um, they both get turned into frogs by Dr. Facilier. And uh, they have to, you know, figure out how to fall in love with each other and get back to being people. And Oprah plays the grandma in the swamp. So (laughs) it's a great, great movie. And it has the best soundtrack of any Disney film. Oh, absolutely. Excellent. It is so excellent. I think, and this is a very unpopular opinion, I think that the villain song in The Princess and the Frog is by far the best villain song of any Disney villain, which is I've Got Friends on the Other Side. Excellent. You should listen to it, Maureen. Now I I want to. I mean, It's it's true that my knowledge of Disney movies is poor. Like, for example... One of the only full Disney soundtracks I can sing is this is the soundtrack to That Darn Cat, which was made sometime in the mid 60s. I didn't even know that that's a, like that's a thing. Yeah, there's a movie <laughs> called That Darn Cat. Oh, is it like live action? Yeah. It's about so a, it's like really about a cat. It's really about a cat. That darn cat. <laughs> and and the main song goes that darn cat da 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 meow da 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 meow. <laughs> I I'm I'm gonna bring you up to like '90s plus Disney hmm. speed. That's my goal for our friendship. All right, <laughs> I think uh, you'll love it. I think you'll love it. I I consider you to be a Disney princess, Maureen. So <gasps> I think I think that you'll love it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you kind of are if you think about it. I mean, I think I can name a few. All right. Name five. Snow White. Mm-hmm. Belle. Yeah, that's two. The one from The Mermaid. That's Ariel. Not... Oh, there you <laughs> okay, go. Okay, that's right. That's right. Um, Wait. I said Snow White. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> is... You did. Wait, is Sleeping Beauty one? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, the yellow dress one, one is that. That was Belle already. Oh, That's yeah, Belle. That one. All right. Hold on. I can genuinely do this. All right. Snow White. Like, there's the most obvious one that I'm like, you're going to get it. Uh, Cinderella. Yeah. Ah, there it is. See, I did five. Boom. All right. See, I'm not so, I'm not so dumb. I can do this. <laughs> I don't think that it makes you smart or dumb. It just means that's how you waste your time. And that's how I choose to waste my time is watching Disney films that, you know, make me believe the world might be better than it actually is. But yeah, I mean, that's sort of the synopsis of the princess I was. And um, did you, how did you, how old were you? I was, oof, I would have just graduated college. So I was 21. And you went down to Florida is that where you yeah. have to go to audition? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, a little bit more of a backstory. I did my college internship there in 2008, and then the recession hit. <laughs> so I was like, you know where I could get a job? Disney. Because they hire anybody. And even if you get like two hours a week, it's more than zero hours a week. So I just moved back, basically. Like, I was like, okay, well, I can't get a job legitimately anywhere else. And so I went and I auditioned. The audition process is super weird. Like, usually for an audition of anything, you have to, like, say something or, like, dance or sing. 
that's not how the specifically the face character auditions go. <laughs> I love that lingo, by the way. Face characters, <laughs> yeah. So a face character is when like someone can like see your actual face versus like you being in a costume. Right. Um, and so, uh, yeah, for the face character auditions, you just stand in a line with a bunch of other women, and they like these people who work there just come and stare at your face for like thirty seconds. And so I just let them stare at my face for 30 seconds and I got a job. Oh. Yep. <laughs> that is remarkable. <laughs> you know, what's very lucky is that there really just aren't a lot of black people in Orlando. So I really <laughs> think they were like, we need a relief princess. So <laughs> at least her pores aren't so huge. I think that was like really the bar. <laughs> Look, Tiana's got a pee every now and then. Can you handle the peas? <laughs> exactly. They're like, you can step in after the parade and just stand there, right? And I'm like, I, I think I can handle it. Oh my god, were you ever Tiana on the parade float? Yes. <gasps> oh my oh, god. What? Dan is, Dan is fanning himself right now. So once you get cast, they're like, congratulations, you are princess. <laughs> What happens then? Like, do you go to a big vat of like, is there a big costume vault? Ooh, oh yeah. I mean, huge costume vault. They have like several costuming locations and like that's for every job in the park everywhere. Um, but the, like the wardrobe for like entertainment cast members is on property. So you don't have to like go somewhere and pick something up and then show back up at work. Cause they don't let you leave with it. Like <laughs> they know how much you can sell that stuff for on eBay. And they're like, no, <laughs> you're going to leave the wig, leave the jewelry, whatever. But the process is like actually pretty rigorous. Like you, so Disney has like very strong, just like compliance for every character. And there are things yeah, that you sure. can do and you can't do. And so it's like a full week of training where you learn like, Basically, any question a child will ask you, you know the answer to. You learn how to do the signature. You learn, like, the basic steps of the parade dance. And then, like, you know, eventually you get to stand out at the uh, the little grotto area and just wait <laughs> for people to show up in line and get, like, their picture taken with you. But it's, I mean, it's a lot of hand-holding for, like, a month. Wow. So you're, like, a trainee, Tiana. Oh, yeah. Yeah, basically. I mean, like you get to like come in for like 20 minutes a day <laughs> for like the first month and like really just practice because the real crazy thing is that like the Disneyland, um, the Disneyland, like, I don't know, heads of entertainment people like they are the scariest people on Earth. And sometimes they'll just show up at Disney World and they'll like look at different characters and they'll like basically just get people fired. Like they'll Jesus. be like... <laughs> They're the fucking mm -hmm. face character narcs. Yeah, they're like straight up the feds. Like they just show up and they're like, <laughs> you don't look enough like Alice in Wonderland. And that person's like, no, I think I do. And they're like, sorry, you don't have a job anymore. <laughs> like it's oh, crazy. So, you know, I was just, I was practicing pretty hard back then because I really needed the job. Again, it was the recession and I had student loans. So what's a day like in the life of like, like what do you do when you show, like, can you just walk us through yeah. what it's like? Oh my gosh, a beautiful day in the Magic Kingdom. Uh, you show up and you show up by like bus <laughs> from the employee parking lot. And they take you to um, what I think the official name is the Utilidor, but I just call it the tunnel under the Magic Kingdom. It's really just like a glorified dumpster, but you get let out there. <laughs> I would give pretty much my, I was about to say something fair, 
I was about to say my left tit, Dan. I mean, just to get Sorry. through that, to go through that special tunnel. I love that you, like, I love, I felt the same way before I did it. Like, I really did. And then you go to training and that is where dreams go to die. It, it just smells mm. like hot dairy all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, it's near, like, like they have a, a, employee cast member cafeteria called the mouse cafeteria and like that smell would waft into like your lunchroom sometimes (laughs) Mm. i don't hate it (laughs) you're like i still i still like it still sounds magical um i also once almost got hit by miley cyrus driving a golf cart on in that tunnel (laughs) like she wasn't supposed to be doing it but they weren't gonna say no to hannah montana and she came flying around the corner and i jumped out of the way and i wish i hadn't you know how much money I'd have right now if I hadn't jumped out of the way? It's so true. Achy breaky money for decades. Oh, man. Yeah. So basically you walk through this tunnel. It's really gross. And then you get to your land. And so Princess Tiana was like sort of at <laughs> technically she was in Liberty Square, which is the worst land of the Magic Kingdom. Oh, or yeah. otherwise known as the best. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like. That Hall of Presidents and nothing. And so right. oh, I oh, country, yeah, like weird country bear jamboree. No, is that that's Frontierland. That's land, Frontierland. That is 100% Frontierland. Whatever. I don't, it's very close. I don't it's right at the know. line, but it's on the yes. frontier side of the line. Yeah, I mean, that's the better part. Like, the restaurants there have way better food. <laughs> the restaurant nearest to where I had to stand only served clam chowder. <laughs> I really feel like I got the shaft in so many ways. Nothing Yum. better than a hot Orlando summer day and a bowl of clam chowder. Oh, hopefully it's... Oh, in a bread bowl. Real, in a bread bowl. Real milky, too. Just mm-hmm. real... Do you want some thick clam chowder? 115 degrees mm. with the heat index. Yum. <laughs> it was real rough. So Liberty Square blows. But you can you can just walk through the tunnel. So you don't really have to like go through all the people. They also don't want you to go through the people. Like unless you work at the front gates or on Main Street, you have to enter through the tunnel. Where does it come out? It, like they have exits in every land and almost every store. Like it's I mean, it's pretty vast. It's like an ant farm. <laughs> just, I love like, it. I love Texas. it so much. It's pretty good. And like the best thing is like once you work there and you get you like go on your days off or you go before you go to work uh, with friends. If you have to use the bathroom, you don't want to use like a public bathroom and you know the secret door to go through like they they frown upon it. But it is kind of baller to be like, oh, I've just got off of Space Mountain. I have to use the bathroom. Let's go through this secret door. No one knows. About. Oh, shit. <laughs> shit. But wait, is wait, wait. Right. Isn't the Haunted Mansion there? Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, I guess it, it's technically Liberty I th- Square. I think it is. <laughs> That's okay. So that is the best thing about it for sure, by far. <laughs> I always consider it Frontierland just because, like, the Liberty Square sign is so small, and like, I just associate it with the clam chowder, mm. Princess Tiana, and the Christmas store that just has ornaments all the time. Right. See, I think when they finally give up on the Hall of Presidents, they can convert that whole space to a haunted mansion theme restaurant. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. As someone who worked in a haunted mansion, mansion restaurant, can confirm that would be amazing because I think they would do it right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Disney is nothing if it's not theming. <laughs> it's really great. I When I did my internship, I just sold hats in Tomorrowland. And, like, I got college credit for that. So, like... <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how, but I sure did. And I've got, I, a, I've got a BFA in hat sales. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I wasn't even the best hat salesperson. Like people be like, "This is a little expensive," and I'm like, "It is." <laughs> you would be better to just go buy some lunch. Uh, you're never gonna wear it again. And they're like, mm, "Stop telling people not to buy the hat." For mm. sure, Tomorrowland is the worst. Yeah, yeah? I'm a firm no believer in that. I re- oh my gosh, I love it. Really? I, love all. <laughs> I want no part Mountain. of. Oh no. Nope, sir. Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, so, Mickey Star Traders, the People Mover. It's the best. My you, main problem with Tomorrowland is that just generally it's just a gigantic sea of concrete. It is a lot. Like, like that's true. There's no plan. It's just not very nice. It is the thing that most feels to me like I'm in a like a cheap theme park. That's real. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, the future is going to be a lot of concrete, Dan. This is true. I just didn't (laughs) think they were really going for a dystopian future thing. But if that's what I'm here for that, if that's what they're reaching for. It's like if Disney made a gulag. That's what it feels like. (laughs) My favorite hidden Mickey is over there, though. It's like in the concrete. Like it's literally like someone drew it in the concrete um, outside of. Also, you can probably hear this crazy helicopter. I don't know. but anyway, somebody drew in the wet concrete a Mickey Mouse on the way to um, the Space Mountain Arcade, which I don't even know if it's still an arcade, to be honest. I haven't been in a while. But it's like you really can't, even if you are looking for it, it's kind of hard to see. So you have to know exactly where it is. And most people who are like Disney fanatics have never seen it. And I'm like, Ooh. this is my special hidden Mickey. <gasps> so when you go back, what do you go back? What? Dan, Dan, we haven't even asked her what her day was like. That's Diana. <laughs> That's real. There's so much to cover. Okay, so you walk into the um, you walk into the tunnels, and then you go over to sort of the entertainment section on the left, and they have makeup and they have the wigs and the costume. You don't wear the full costume through the disgusting utilidor because there's just dirt and gunk everywhere. So what you like do basically is wear like this white outfit and you carry the, like you have the top part of the dress, which is on Tiana, like a strapless green thing, except for in the winter, she has like a little shawl, but it's like the strapless green thing. And then these big puffy white pantaloon things. And then you carry this like 15 to 20 pound bottom of your dress. Cause it's huge and puffy. And then once you get like right before you're going to go outside, you have to like get zipped into it by the person who is what I call a character wrangler. <laughs> yeah. Not what they're called. But basically, yeah. And you do your own makeup and stuff. So like they they have like stringent, like like the the training is pretty intense. It was a full week, like 10 hour days, 50 hours of just like, now you're a Disney princess. (laughs) It's really, really wild. So you go out and what happens to you? Oh my gosh. Well, you have um, the character attendant and they walk you to your location. And the one is the one in um, Liberty Square is not so far from the door. So it's not like you really get mobbed. Um, But you walk over there and there's already a line of little kids and they have their little autograph books. And some of the boys, I, I like to point them out because they get like, they think it's so stupid. But then if you look at them, they're like so shy and they're like, oh my God. (laughs) The princess looked at me and I'm like, yeah, you thought this was dumb. No joke. And then, like, the kids, like, (laughs) freak out. Like, basically, you get to see about 10 to 15 people per, like, 20-minute stint. And you only have to be out there for 20 minutes and they bring you back in. But in that 20 minutes, basically, you spend a minute with each kid. And they just tell you, like, they'll grab your hand and tell you the craziest, 
or the weirdest or the most boring story you've ever heard, but they're so <laughs> adamant. Like you care and you have to know this. And it's just like, truly, I've never had a job where I like there, I don't think there's a better job on earth because everyone is there to see you and they're happy to see you. <laughs> like people have saved their entire lives to take a family Disney vacation. And so like waiting in line to meet you is like the best part of their day. Oh my God. And so it's just like, it's funny because for a while I think I really internalized it like they're here to see me and then like towards the end of my six months working as the princess I was like oh no one no one cares like <laughs> they're like it could be anybody in this outfit that's not it was true. never about me that's not true I have the foam finger to prove it <laughs> thank you Maureen I need it yeah I think like yeah it's just Disney is so excellent at that and about that like I still cry when I meet Mickey Mouse and I'm like, I know all of the secrets of Disney and like, I should be jaded, but I never got to go to the park as a kid. I went for the first time when I started working there. And so to me, it's still so like amazing and magical that like, I'll cry all day at Disney. <laughs> Do people ever, cause I know I used to work at, I live, my family lives quite close to something called Sesame Place, which is like the Sesame Street equivalent. Wow. And I'm very emotionally attached to Sesame Street. I worked there when I was in college and people used to punch those characters all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, at Disney, a lot of, so you can't drink in the Magic Kingdom because that's mostly for kids, mm. right? But if you have a park hopper pass, you go to Epcot, you drink around the world, you show back up at the Magic Kingdom, you're wasted. <laughs> you decide you want to tackle Buzz Lightyear. Right. Um, the great thing is that there are a lot of plain clothes security people at Disney. And so I, I mean, no one ever did anything crazy to me. I think it's because I was a black princess. And they're like, she's got a knife. Like, no doubt. She's ready to throw down. Like people would look at me funny and I'm like, don't try it. Don't even try it. They don't pay you enough to <laughs> not get your ass beat here. So <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, like, I was once standing outside of Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. Um, it was like the end of my shift and they were just like, hold, put on these Mickey gloves and wave to people. So that was like, for some reason, my job. But I saw this drunk guy, like see Buzz Lightyear, scream, Buzz Lightyear, and start running towards him, like totally planning to like take him out. Oh, and this no. guy came out of nowhere, like literally out of a bush and tackled that guy <laughs> and then dragged him backstage in like 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and literally everyone looked around like what happened to that guy like is he coming back and it's like absolutely not like disney does not play oh they preserve the magic like nobody's business because like you, you can't have a bunch of kids saying like i'm the disney world and buzz Lightyear got tackled by my drunk uncle like no no i want yeah. to be a disney security person now more than pretty much yeah. i've ever this wanted to be anything thing, maureen we could you should do it the I mean, like, maybe that's, like, what you do when you retire. I feel like you all have, like, so much going for so, you. Like, you really don't have to go to Orlando yet. I like to occasionally um, really work myself into big anxiety attacks in the middle of the night because that's a good thing to do. <laughs> and um, I, one time I woke up and I was just like, I don't have any fucking retirement savings. Like, I am fucked, right? Like, I'm going to work forever and it's going to be terrible. <laughs> and, and, and then suddenly this calm wafted over me. And I was like, wait, you own a trailer, so you're good on housing. Mm -hmm. And then you just take your trailer 
and you work at Disney World for the rest of your life and you'll be fine. And I was like, that is the best retirement plan ever. And then I went back to sleep and let me tell you, I slept great. Oh, wow. I mean, honestly, that's inspirational because I don't have a plan for my retirement at all. And I think I could hack it. I mean, like I when I worked there, like just for the internship, like literally like selling stuff in Tomorrowland, there were a lot of people who worked there who were like, late 60s, early 70s, who were just like, yeah, I mean, my grandkids come to the park to see me. I get to like hang out and like, you know, my job's not super taxing. I just have to walk around and like sweep something every 10 yeah. minutes. Like it's, <laughs> it's pretty good. And I'm like, oh, I mean, you guys are really selling it. So <laughs> this is, we're going to bring this back to says who. We have forever at this point, 86 episodes. And I think it was within the first three or four that we decided that when no it must have been after the first eight early in the the rebirth of it i'm talking too much <laughs> anyway we when this fucking presidency finally comes to an end mm-hmm. we are going to disney that's what's up i mean you I are went... coming with yeah yeah I would love to. I mean, I instead of going to the women's march i went to disney world Hell yeah i went to <laughs> disneyland feel bad yeah, I'm like I was like, listen, my people been marching forever, so <laughs> good luck out there, guys. I'm going to spend money. That's 100% <laughs> like that. fair. I went with my niece and nephew and my sister and her husband, and it was like, it was so great going with little kids. They loved it so much. So, but for this trip, when we go, yeah. oh yeah, post Trump, what's yeah. your first ride? Ooh, my first ride post-Trump. <laughs> first ride post-Trump. Magic Kingdom. I mean, yeah, uh, definitely any, go to any, Magic any Disney, any of the four Disney World parks. Well, here's the thing. I am a big fan of drinking around the world, but I believe I would wait to the last day to do that mm. because you don't bounce back. <laughs> you know, the next day is hard. <laughs> I've tried it. I only made it six countries. The person I was with finished, it's like 11. I did six and I was like, blackout like it was not good so you gotta do that later in the day on your last day i think my first stop i go to the magic kingdom and i would ride big thunder mountain oh hell yeah because it's like super fast they renovated it so the light show's cool but there's something about like the west and like americana and all that crap that i'm like we should reclaim this after he's gone (laughs) he doesn't get to like claim any specific American things. It's how I feel. That's nice. Yeah. I yeah. love that. <gasps> oh, because we've been saying it's going to be the Haunted Mansion, but I think that sounds like a really nice morning activity. It's also, yeah, it's not busy in the morning and then it gets hot midday, so your butt's like on fire. Mm. And I think I think it's a good place to start. But typically when I go to the Magic Kingdom, if I go to Disney, I I tend to follow the same track every time, which is like go straight through Main Street, start at Mickey's PhilharMagic, immediately abandon Fantasyland and go to Tomorrowland and then work my way around. But you could also do like the Tiki Room. I bet that would be a good like <laughs> fun morning. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm. Any Anything that's like chill and like not a long wait first thing because you really just got to like go in with a bang. Yeah. I like, I like Big Thunder. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. I've never been it's on the it. The one that like, are you kidding no, me? We have it. to do this. Yeah. Big Thunder is great. 
I mean, I will say that Disney, I'm a ride f- chicken. I am very frightened of rides. Mm-hmm. Partially because of where I grew up in the Philadelphia, New Jersey area, which um, when I was growing up was full of theme parks that people died in, in the on the regular. <laughs> like it was there was a, a a way too high lethal level in our theme parks. Like <laughs> like the chances of dying were like more than one percent. Oh, it was it was a non-zero chance for sure. I mean, there was <laughs> there just our big six flags. Literally one week before we went on a class trip, the haunted house burned down and eight people died. Like that kind of stuff <laughs> happened. And that wasn't even like the the place called Action Park which is very famous for being the world, like America's most dangerous theme park, which is why it was also called Class Action Park and Traction Park, <laughs> which had completely untested rides that they had a fairly high body count at that park. I mean, people got electrocuted in the water or they drowned. Um, they had famously had an enclosed water slide that had a loop at the bottom of it um, oh. that was not tested. And they had to close it after like two days because it didn't work. But peop- mm. that it would just people would get stuck or they'd fly up to the top of the loop and they hit back down just really yeah. hard. And they'd smash their noses and then they would get knocked down or they'd get stuck. And then it surprised shot you out like two stories up into a like into a body of water. Like everything Jeez. was dangerous. They had an <laughs> alpine slide that was made of concrete. Like it was- <laughs> Oh my God. It's just like really bad. You know, I I'm okay with rides, but like only at Disney because like technically you can't die at Disney World. Like if you die at Disney, they're going to come and disappear me for this on your podcast, by the way. (laughs) But if you die at Disney, they have a town called Celebration, Florida, where they will move you to be pronounced dead. (laughs) Like. They keep the body count very low. (laughs) We're going to have to stop here for just one second as I need a need. If so, people do must die there. Not often, but it happens. Very, I mean, very rarely. It's it's happened before. We'll say like heat stroke, <laughs> heart attack. You know, yeah, someone like rode a ride and they like had a heart condition, right? Or somebody perhaps was standing between the walls of the Carousel of Progress and got crushed, which that did has happen. Happened. Yeah. Wait, what? A cast member yeah. got crushed. What? When? I mean, the big old wall came. It was like the nineties, I think. Was it? The, <laughs> was it the Carousel of Progress or was it the um? Or was that the one, because in Disneyland, a cast member got crushed in the same, um, in the same theater design, but it was for their weird singing animals show called America Sings that replaced the Carousel of Progress. And I do know a cast member got crushed to death in that. And they take, Um, they take your body and they take it to celebration. Yeah. And then celebration has doctors that are like, pronounce it. Yeah, exactly. Like, dead on arrival. Definitely didn't die at Magic Kingdom. <laughs> Time of death right now, not 20 minutes ago. And is there a hospital there, like, for people? Yeah, the Celebration Hospital. I don't recommend it. I <laughs> had some health issues out there. And I was like, ooh, are you all just, like, people who worked at Disney who, like, had, like the instead of working in the park when they hired you, they were like, you can do attractions at the <laughs> hospital. Like, it's, like, a little dicey. <laughs> I like walked out. I'm like, I would rather die <laughs> than be in this place. Wow. I caramba. But I mean, if people get sick in the park, do they have like nursing staff that just can take? Oh, yeah. 
I mean, well, they'll take care of you at the park, but if you're going to die, you got to bounce. Mm. <laughs> that's that's the official uh, the official slogan for Disney. If you're gonna die, you gotta bounce. So, <laughs> all right. What about what about general barfing rates? Is there a lot of that? Uh, there is like a lot of barfing, and like one time a kid barfed at me, and then like walked through the bar while he was barfing, <laughs> and I was like, "Stop coming towards me! Like, cut it out!" And like I I freaked out. I was at the pin cart, and I had my like walkie talkie, and I'm like calling them, and no one's answering. So I like they have like little buttons. So I was like, I'll just hit nine one one, I guess. So then like way too many people showed up, and they're like, "It's just this kid barfing." I'm like, "He's still barfing." I didn't know. And they're like, "You can't just say nine one one at Disney World." I'm like, "Look." He was getting it everywhere. <laughs> and so, they, yeah, they just throw down the sawdust. Someone sweeps it away. It's pretty gross. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I can't yeah. breathe. It is real bad. Also, like, <laughs> kids get lost at Disney, but, like, you can't call it that. Like, their parents get lost, technically, is what you say. Like, oh, did your parents get lost? But, like, surprising rates of parents just leaving their kids in, like, strollers outside of rides and then the kids wandering off. Like, and a lot of times they don't speak English because, like, you know, it's a big international park. So, like, kids would just, like, walk up to me and I'd be like, what's your name? And they'd just stare at me and I'd just have to try, like, what's your name in as many languages as I can muster. And then we just have to wait there with, like, me holding a child on my lap. <laughs> like, I guess I'm your mom now. <laughs> Ugh, is there, they do not pay it Is up. there a child pen or something? Is there a... No, you just have to wait with them and then they, like, find someone who either speaks the language or, like, has higher clearance than you and then they like go through video footage and find this person but if but, like, no one ever ever claims the child do they also get moved to celebration or <laughs> probably probably <laughs> i listen they those houses are like they have really a lot of people want to move to celebration because it's like a very manicured perfect place like, it's supposedly Walt Disney's vision of what, like, a town would be. And so it's like, you know, people have, like, electric cars and, like, their yards are cool and, like, nice and clean. And, like, their streets are, like, Wisteria Lane and, like, other ABC-affiliated TV show names for streets. But, like, I feel like most of the people who populate that joint are, like, for sure, people who got lost in the park. Like, it's like the movie Us. Like, it's just cool. tethered. <laughs> They, they're creepy. I don't like it. So, Akua, you have had a child covered in barf coming at you. You yeah. have Full you sp- have smelled the smells below the utilidors. Like you have been to the hospital in celebration. <laughs> yeah, you geez. Have, when you spell it out, it's pretty bad. You have seen the underbelly of all of this and yet you go back every year and you cry when you see Mickey. Yeah. Like what is it about this place that does that for you? Wow. You know, I don't know that I've ever thought deeply about it, but my gut feeling is that it is sort of like it's it's sort of the same way I feel about Beyonce Homecoming. <laughs> Where it's like you don't necessarily have to be a Beyonce fan to recognize like the absolute precision and impeccable taste and work ethic that goes into pulling something like this off. And so I think I'm just like in awe of it. Like when I go, like I'm having a hard time trying to like facilitate people getting t-shirts. And like these people are like, this is we make, you know, a hundred million dollars a day per land. Like it's like insane. And the shows are great. 
like the talent is there and it's just like, I mean, gosh, it's pretty expensive to go, but like, I think that there's something magical about like just seeing what like the peak of humanity. I'm like, if this is as good as it gets, like it's not bad. <laughs> we we did all right. That is does it, what does it teach you about America? Oh God. Well, <laughs> we're trying to end on a high note, Maureen. I just want to yeah, like ooh, the America stuff. I'm like mostly that like Oof, people are very entitled. Um, <laughs> they have too much money mm. um, or they don't have money and they hate other people um, or they have money and they hate other people. <laughs> but I don't think that that's Disney's fault. I think that there's something that happens there in a place where like it is so fantastic that people become entitled where they're like, I shouldn't have to wait in line for an hour. And I'm like, yeah, you should. <laughs> it's going to be like, five minutes but it's gonna be the best five minutes like you're not gonna have a higher production value five minutes in your crusty life so just like wait an hour like who cares you're n- two things <laughs> if you're going to die here you gotta bounce <laughs> and you're not gonna have a higher production value in your crusty life so shut your fucking face yeah, that's exactly right. Also, like, Mickey Mouse is just, like... Like, Mickey Mouse isn't even a character. Like, Mickey Mouse is an idea. Like, I... If I make eye contact... <laughs> well, contact with, like, the, the costume. I... Like, sometimes Mickey will spot you from the parade float and wave directly to you. And you feel it. Like, you know. And there's something about that that's just, like... Wow, I'm being seen by, like, something that's existed for... I mean, generations of my family. Like, my grandma knew who that was. And now he sees me. And when little kids saw you, they said, there's Aquila. <laughs> if they said that, I would have got fired immediately. <laughs> On that note, Aquila, thank you so much. This thank has you been for the having best. Me. This has been my best day of my whole life. Just talking to you. I loved it. I loved it. Yay. Aquila, you, the eighth wonder of the world. <laughs> go to Disney right now. Dan, I am so blown. I mean, I I don't know what the best part of that was, but I'm pretty sure it was the dead bodies. I want to start a Disney podcast. God damn it. There's nothing stopping us. There isn't anything stopping us. Dan, what if says who when all this is over becomes a Disney podcast? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh, my word. That was such a joy. That was such a goddamn joy in a week with not a lot of it. Remember joy, Dan. I do now. Yeah. Thanks to Aquila. Thanks, Thanks to, to Mickey. Akil. Yeah. I remember joy. <sighs> I want to go in those tunnels that smell yeah. like hot dairy. I think that... I think I could be perfectly happy being a Disney security bush hider. Well, that could be part of the commune structure. Oh. See what I'm saying? Oh, what if the commune was in like Winter Park or some other su- mm-hmm. suburb of Orlando? Mm-hmm. We get some land 
Everyone yep. works at Disney. We mm-hmm. pool our minimum wage. Yep. And collectively, we support each. I like it. Yeah, because, I mean, honestly, cooking those big dishes, like big bowls of minestrone and, you know, the the Disney clam chowder can obviously be a part of that. Sure. Um, we probably get a discount at a bunch of stuff. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. Cast member discount. That's a thing. So if anyone works in the restaurant, sometimes there's like extra food and stuff. So, but of course, then obviously for recreation, we all probably get passes to go in. Definitely. So we all go in together. We like, that's our backyard. Yeah. Like somebody gets a job working one of the boat rental places and then they Mm -hmm. like let us borrow those little tiny boats, drive Mm -hmm. them all around the lagoon. We share one electric car. Yeah. I think we could do it. Yeah. I think we'd be happy. Dan, I'm already happy just thinking about it. I am too. You know what it'll else be, I'm happy about? It'll be real hot. It would be hot. Probably because we saying, couldn't we couldn't afford air conditioning. <laughs> we don't want air conditioning. You know what I mean? We'll just have to figure out other ways, Dan. We're gonna live real hippie style. I like it. I'm in. Everyone'll stink. <laughs> <laughs> Might they'd be like, oh no, it's them again. That's yeah. like they got to bring us to the fucking showers in the tubes underneath Disney. Get a free haircut. I like it. That's how we get all our haircuts on our showers down there because we're all stinky. Seems <laughs> like can perfect. we can we have a hair butt cut and an eyebrow wax and some soap <laughs> and some beans and some chowder? Can we have some oh. spare chowder? Marine, I can't tell you how much I want this to be true. It's going to be so amazing. You know what, Dan? You know people have slept in that park. Like somehow you hide in there and you oh, sleep. Oh, I think about that a lot. Every fantasy. time I'm there. Mm-hmm. It's fantasy. It's, like Magic Kingdom feels hard because it is, it is because it is very crap. Like that is a very packed park. But like mm-hmm. you walk around Epcot and it's like I could easily, easily hide in a shrub between the like France pavilion and the Morocco pavilion. Come on. Like I bet you maybe in the seventies before there were a lot of video cameras, there were definitely people that somehow got into the oh, definitely. Now like truck. you would need to figure out things like slip your magic band into someone else's bag as they went walking out so that they couldn't track you anymore and shit. Yeah. They have your biometrics now, so Yeah, but don't think I haven't thought about that. That's the big risk though. Because if 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 you get caught they have mm. your fucking fingerprints and you're never yeah, getting back in. Right. Unless, Unless you take you... someone's finger. Yeah. Or you just yeah. take your finger to a belt sander. Yeah. That's yep. what you do. Get a new fingerprint. And just go Not against it. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. You know what, Maureen? You know what else I'm into? What? I'm into these Says Whovians that make Says Who possible through their support at Patreon. At patreon.com slash says who. Can I tell you about one? I would of our love supporters? for you to tell me about one of our supporters. One of our Main Street moguls is the wonderful Alexander Danner. And he is part of a podcast called Greater Boston. He sure now, is. Here's, here's what he got to say. Just today we released season the three season three finale of Greater Boston. So now is a perfect time for new listeners to binge the show. Oh, hell yeah. Three, Three complete seasons to enjoy while we're working on writing season four. In a review by the AV Club, they recently said, Greater Boston's strength 
is its love of characters in their complex relationships and messy lives in the lies they tell under pressure and moments of honesty in the face of strife, which is a hell of a thing to say for a show that features a flume ride filmed with cheese. How the heck does it come together? Come find out. Look for Greater Boston Audio Drama and Apple Podcasts or any podcatcher. Find them online at greaterbostonshow.com or on Twitter at in Greater Boston. I love it. And I that show, I mean, I think you should for sure check that out. If you like this one, check out that one. Yeah, that's at the Main Street Mogul level, which is 50 bucks a month. But you can join for just a buck. Two bucks gets you a sticker in the mail sent by me. Five bucks gets you that sticker, but also bonus content. Ten bucks gets you all that shit and your very own Wedgie the Wedge salad pin. Dan will send that shit to you from his house where he has a new postage machine. The official Sesovia Post Office, which is exactly. located in his house, which, which you guys bought us a postage machine. You did. You did. So give me a reason to use it. Sign up at patreon.com slash says who. And I have a feeling they're going to be getting a lot of bonuses this week because we just recorded something with Akila and it was like 90 hours long because we had so many questions. uh, It was 90 minutes long. It was bright and sunny when we started and the sun has fully gone down. (laughs) My three-year-old has like eaten, had a bath and gone to bed in the period of time that we were interviewing Akila. You heard my mother come home from the hospital. You may have heard a door open and shut. That was yeah. my mother coming back in from the hospital. So da- I feel like days have passed since we started recording this We've episode. We've been talking for a very long time now. It is we rolling have been up ta- on. Two and a half hours. Yeah. Two and a half hours. This uh. is... I, I, this has been an epic, epic session, and Dan has to edit it now because Dan does everything. I don't do uh, dick. I record, and then I say bye, and then I hang glide away. <laughs> well, and that, on that note, our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. We love and will always support Darth. You can contact you, us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y, at com. Join the discussion on Facebook at slash groups slash Says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. This has been so long that I'm not even going to bother with the Blue Apron stuff because poor Dan oh, is like, he's going to have the longest the night. I mean, you're going to start editing at like a half hour or more from now. So you're going to, yeah. I mean, oh, I'm sorry, Dan. You, know, right. you guys don't know, Dan does everything. He's like, he, okay, the way it says who is put together is this. Imagine a guy who has one of those multi-instrument outfits on, like a big bass drum and a horn, and like he hits his foot and there's a cymbal, and he's also got like a banjo, and you know, Dan is that guy, and I'm the person who just walks past and goes, hi, welcome, look at this guy, and then fucks off. Like, that's me. <laughs> And then Dan has to play for three hours. And then I come back on and go, that was great. Thanks a lot for coming. And then everyone claps for me and I fuck off again. Well, if you want to see that kind of magic live, come to Nashville May 31st through June 2nd because we are going to be at Pod X. We're going to do a live Says Who on Saturday, June 1st. And also we're going to be on a bunch of panels and stuff. It's really weird because now that's like about five weeks away, which occurs to me that we're going to have to figure out what format and what we're going to be like. What are we going to be talking about in five weeks? Yeah, we got to do that. 
We do, in fact, need to do that. <laughs> uh, uh, but that is May 31st through June 2nd. Podex.com slash says who gets you 10% off. If you're in Chicago, come to the living room on May 16th for the book release of Arte Agora, a book about street art in the city. I wrote the foreword for that book and I'm going to be reading. So come by, meet amazing artists, get a great book and say hello to me. More information at Arte Agora, that is A-R-T-E-A-G-O-R-A dot com for more info. Yeah, just do that. Yeah. And you can, yeah, do that. You can also, hey, you know what really helps us out? If you spread the word, subscribe, and leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And you can join us next week, Wednesday, May 1st, for our next episode, a little May Day fun. Oh, my God. Dan, this book. You're going to get it. Why do I I write books, Dan? I'm so bad at it. (laughs) You're good at it. That's I'm why. That's why. You're good at it. Gonna, You're going to get it done. Gonna, this is the week I'm going to Disney, Dan. What? I'm going. I'm moving. I'm what? doing my new huh? job. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that sounds great. Let me know when you go. We'll come too, and we'll never leave. Okay, great. Thank you. We'll go on forever. Going to Disney. See you later. All right. From my basement in Chicago, I'm Dan Sinker. From my parents' back room where I'm looking at fish and a groundhog and stuff, it's me, Maureen. This has been Says Who. I would do it. I just, know. I'm... Just escape. Escape our lives. Live a new tackling drunks that are trying to kick Buzz Lightyear. I love it so much. Sounds great. I may do that for free. Just go, uh, kind of audition, like audition on the fly, like just tackle people, just show go. them I can. I'll just hide in bushes and jump out, and get them, bite them on the ankles. There is no downside to this plan. You'll get hired in a heartbeat. Did, did you see the way she just came out Look of nowhere? That, that was she just like flew through the air. Look, she took that guy down. He was twice that, her size. I'm not big and I'm not strong, but I'm weird, and that's my advantage. I'm quick and I'm weird. <laughs> It's the name of your autobiography.